You know, Mayan and I, we have been watching Christmas movies as you do in lockdown. Oh man, there have been some pretty bad ones. Seemingly, like, and just in case you're wondering if I'm going to go for like 45 minutes or whatever, I'm going to, in a record amazing time, going to try and do a 10-minute Christmas message. But hey, seemingly, um, you know, there's always a person, so let me describe Christmas movies for you. There's always a person who's like too busy to celebrate Christmas. And then somehow, somehow, as if through um, the course of this very predictable story, something wonderful happens. Amazing, you know, like all bad. And suddenly, oh, you meet a guy, you meet a girl. Some, some amazing coincidence occurs. And then we're all reminded in these movies that we've been watching, we're all reminded of the real reason for Christmas, that you could fall in love. No, that miracles can happen. That, no, no, no. That you can be true to yourself. No, 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 no. That your family loves you and you love them too. Actually, it's really, really hard. I, uh, like, the reason why I think some of these movies were really bad, one, it was very predictable, but, but you know, two, it's really bad if you've grown up like I have, you know, with Asian parents, and hi, mom and dad, so good to have you here. <laughs> you know, but if it's like me, like, with, I grew up in a family that kind of tells things as they are. Okay, so you can't get too far from the, the truth like, oh, you were late for Christmas Day. Oh, you, you, you cooked the food, it was a little bit burnt. Oh, you didn't tidy up your, like, you know. I'm so used to hearing realistic stories or realistic things that when, when you encounter these Christmas movies, it's not just that we're, you know, cynical about life, but you, you understand when you're watching these things that it's a stylized it's a stylized version, right? Um, somewhere in that story, maybe there's a, there's a good moral. Maybe there is some truth in there. Maybe even good intention behind that story. But you watch it and you kind of think, I, I don't know if this is real life. And sometimes when it comes to the nativity, when we read from Scripture, when we hear this kind of a story that we just saw um, read out by Tim Dane, if you're growing up at church, you maybe you've heard it like a hundred times and you're just going, you know what? <laughs> Thank you for a really feel-good video item, just what we needed for 2020. Or maybe you, you haven't gone to church much, you don't really encounter church, and so you've been hearing sort of rumors or, or, or snippets of stories. You, you've watched a Charlie Brown Christmas or I don't know, whatever it is, and, and you've got some kind of faint idea of what the nativity is. But, but in your mind, it's some kind of imagined thing. And you might think, oh yeah, what a nice story. Shepherds, wise men, joy to the world, joy to the world. But what world? What world are we talking about? Not our world, surely. Not, not my real world and my real life. You know, you might be tempted to think, how can one event 
How can just one tiny obscure event in some obscure town, in some wet market somewhere, change the world? Oh, wait. Thank you, 2020, because we right now have a living taste of an example of how real-world events, even if we're not there to observe them happening, can have transformative impact in our everyday lives. So I'd imagine for every single person who's here in 2020 celebrating this slightly weird Christmas, that it's not hard for us to conceive that actually something could have caused all of the transformation that we see in our world today that has been the result of Christianity. Something could have. It's not hard for us to imagine because we, we lived through that. We're, we're now, nine, none of us were there at the origin of whatever COVID-19 was, but yet every single one of us have tasted it. So whether it's global or here in Melbourne, uh, whether we're talking about we don't know how Victoria had a second wave or we don't know how the virus started, we all can certainly attest it had some kind of impact in our life. Somehow, somehow, even if we didn't know what it was, we're talking about our real world. We're talking about our real account of our lives. You know, uh, Luke, the, the Gospel of Luke, starts off like this. And there was this mysterious event, right? And so they're trying to figure out what is happening. And this is not a fairy tale. Luke begins, these are eyewitness accounts. Luke says this, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, let me see saying, many people are trying to figure out what has happened. Inasmuch as many people have tried to uh, compile these things. Just as those who were from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us. That means just as other people who have seen it and have passed us on the message, it seemed good to me this is Luke, the doctor, historian, who's writing. It seemed good to me, having followed all of these things closely for some time, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, who is the guy he was writing to, that you may have certainty according to the things that have been taught. That's how Luke starts. Not once upon a time in a, in a land far, far away. Luke, being a doctor, being scientific, he goes, you know what a whole lot of people are saying, a whole bunch of things about how this Christian phenomenon started. Let's figure it out. Let's get our accounts together. I'm, I'm going to do one for you. I'm going to interview people. I'm going to go around. Because something is taking place. It's changing our world. In his lifetime, he would see the Roman Empire change. Past his lifetime, he would see the whole world change. Uh, charities would come up. Women's rights and, and women's worth would go up. Infant killing would stop. There would be sweeping changes in the world yet to come. And he, right at this moment, as he's writing, he's going, oh my goodness, I better figure out how this thing happened. And he's not the only one. We have four accounts of this. So the Bible goes, I think, into great, to great lengths to tell us that we are 
situated in the real world, and these are real-world accounts. What you don't hear in even some of these items or the retelling of the popular Christmas story is it was actually a really dark time, right? We heard last week how Mary's life got completely uh, overturned. It was a disaster Christmas, all right? Like the, the, the main character arrives and there's no place. They forgot to pre-register, you know, for their service and they're out with the animals, right? She's pregnant. She's walking. Like it's not a good Christmas day for them. And then you may not know this, but shortly after the birth of Jesus, every two-year-old in Bethlehem and the region gets killed, right? And Mary and their family have to run. They have to be refugees, in Egypt. This is not a fairy tale of just roses and, and, and bubblegum. This is their actual real life. And so if you're wondering where I'm going with this message, uh, here is the main point. I want to land it as quick as I can, uh, but it'll go over 11. Um, here's the main point. You can't have real joy if you don't know the real problem. You can't have real joy. You can't be so excited about Jesus if you actually don't know why he's here to save. So in the last couple of minutes, can I try to explain that to you? Um, Lockdown this year has given us a real-world taste of what it's like to have a problem And then tackle it, tackle this problem that we've got at great cost. Oh my goodness, try, oh no, lockdown even more, try, try, try. We have tackled a huge problem that some countries are still trying to solve. And we have tackled it at great personal cost to every single one of us here. I have a high school friend whose child committed suicide over this period. We have, as a church and as a pastorship, we have seen firsthand the kinds of issues that have taken place because of this lockdown. We've had um, marriage issues, family issues, employment issues, health issues, range of things. So it, we know that there was a great cost for where we are today. But it was a great problem that we had to tackle. Okay? Jesus came into a world that was broken, and try as we might, we were not able to solve the problem that the world had, that our world had. Humanity couldn't fix our own problem, and we all know this because we see our broken families, we see our society, we even see our own lives. Billions, if not trillions of dollars have been spent trying to fix whatever is wrong with our world today. But the problem is, and here is the fundamental problem, the problem is that we have sin in us. The problem is that we ourselves are broken. You know, the Bible says in Romans 7 verse 15 that we do what we don't want to do. So don't worry about everybody else. Like, just talk about our own lives. The stuff that we, we don't want to break our marriage. We don't want to break our family. We don't want to hurt our children. We don't, we don't want to do these things. And we end up doing these things. And we end up seeing these kind of things occur. And it's a huge, huge, huge issue. It's everywhere. 
initially, you know, it might, it might seem like it's not that big a problem. You might go, well, if people just don't do what they want to do, why don't we just have rules? Why don't we just have a dictator or an emperor like they had in Rome and just make people do it? That would solve it. No, it didn't solve it. You know why? Because that emperor is also a human being who also comes up with the dodgy stuff. Oh, okay, 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 great, great, great. Let's not do that then. Let's remove all these people of power and give the people power. Oh my goodness. Then we don't know what's right. People are lobbying. They're just trying to sway popular votes here and there. It turns out people also don't know what's happening because we're also people. There was a big, big problem in our world. And it was not just a problem globally, it's also a problem with your mom, your dad, your husband, your wife, your children, your brother, your sister, your neighbor, your employee. There is a problem. That problem is that in us, we are broken. And a terrible price needed to be paid. Um, And Jesus came. That's why we say joy to the world. Because Jesus came to be that example. He lived that kind of life. Like if you, if this is your first time at church, I want to encourage you to go in and read about Jesus as a person. He lived the kind of life that we would aspire to. Hebrews 4, 14, 16 says this. Now that we know what we have, Jesus, the great high priest, with ready access to God, let us not... Let it slip through our fingers. We, we don't, and this is the message version of Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. Um, so if it sounds like I'm just chatting, it's because I'm reading a contemporary version of the Bible. Okay. We do not have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through our weakness and testing experiences. He's been through it all. All except for sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy and accept the help. This Christmas, I want to remind us about Jesus. Actually, he came to help us. He came to save us. And uh, whatever you think of Christianity, whatever you think of Christmas... Understand that it originated, it began in reality, it began with Jesus who came to seek and save those who were lost. Christmas is about Jesus. He opened up a new way of living. And I just want to end, if I could, uh, by reading again um, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, 19 to 24. Hebrews 10, 19 to 24. Um. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by his new and living way that he opened for us, through the curtain that is through his flesh, Since we have a great priest over this house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. 
Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, because he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. This Christmas, Jesus came to change the way we look at life, the way we encounter life. It is a new way of life. A way that's not just conceptual, but was made possible through him and his sacrifice. Now, I don't have enough time to go into the whole thing. And I want to encourage you, if you're just visiting church, we're, we're on every Sunday. Like, maybe this is the year you do a little bit of exploration and try and figure out how could it be that this one person could transform the very world that we live in. But I want to leave us with this. If you're a Christian and you're here and you're celebrating Christmas, I want to remind you what this passage that I read just said. That if we want to honor Jesus, then we are following his way of love and good works. That means today we walk in the way that Jesus lived. We, we do the things that Jesus did because he came to be so different from the world that he entered. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Christmas. I pray, Lord, as we celebrate today, as we go forth, that we would have a real appreciation of joy, that we would know what joy is and, and how... Um, significant the problem was that you came to solve. Thank you for being our Lord. Thank you for being our Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.